results back post-election. Uh, in Trump's America. This is Unlearned. <laughs> and I'm Catherine. Oh, Amisha. <laughs> Forgot about uh, that. Yeah. Well, grief, you know. I'm in the anger stage. Maybe yeah. I'm in the crying stage. I don't know. Is there stages? I'm confused. There are. <laughs> the, the five stages of grief. Yeah. The final one is acceptance, but I don't think I'm ever going to get there. <laughs> I might be there next week when I understand that this really happened. <laughs> are we surprised, Kat? Um, yes and no. Well, Okay, let's like, let's just start by saying this episode is not going to be our typical segment, main topic segment episode. Uh, we are basically going to talk about our fills and think about things, process out loud. So, yeah, come do that with us, and maybe, maybe we'll figure some stuff out together. Cat, yeah, how are you feeling? Uh, before we like get all sad, let's talk about something good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's. We used to do this when I, when I was uh, an RA. We did every Wednesday high low high. So we would talk about something really great that happened, something really shitty that happened, and then something really great that happened in our week. So it was just like a happiness sandwich, and you just tell all the sadness to go suck it. So let's make a happiness sandwich of like this. Of this episode. So let's talk about Obama. Oh. <laughs> okay, like, like let's not talk about how much we're going to miss him, but okay. something that we really enjoyed about him or like our favorite Obama moment. What moment's not my favorite? <laughs> um, I will say, so like basically there's been like endless videos and slideshows of people like mourning the loss of Obama as like America's like most handsome and favorite and coolest president. So I've been watching far, far too many of them. When he bites that bottom lip, <laughs> Obama. I dare y'all to name like one president that was sexier than Obama. Look, I can't. You can't. I mean, because have you seen many of them in the past? Oh, have I? <laughs> have I? I've oh. seen all of them, and they are—they were not particularly sexy men. And I guess that America wanted to go back to the tradition of having ugly white men as president. That's anyway. really what happened. They could—they <laughs> were like, "This man of color is just too fine." <laughs> His hair is always on point. His grin. He's too smooth talking. He's too smooth. He just starts singing, make all of us melt. Like, he is, like, definitely the type of brother who just, like, woos you and makes you forget, like, the bad shit, like, drones and mass deportation of immigrants. Like, you forget. Obama's done some crappy things. He has. But I forget. With that face. Look, this is really why people voted Trump in office. Because all the white racist men were like, my daughter now likes black men because of Obama. <laughs> Get him out. And can we can we talk about the dopest first lady we will ever have? Michelle makes me want to reach for greatness. Yes. She makes me want to have abs. She makes me want to do push-ups. She makes me want to eat healthy. She makes me want to go to law school. You know what I mean? It's like no first lady in the history 
has made me want to do that. <laughs> they made me want to pick out plates. <laughs> I well, Curtains, window trim. That's important. But I mean, like, Michelle just made me want to reach for the stars. Yes. I be She makes me want to be a double Ivy League grad. Like, she's so... Like her. Yes. In case people didn't know that, but we all know. <laughs> like, I... Michelle is the perfect example of being the baddest bitch in the game. And though I am disappointed that she will never run for office. Obama said that too, though. Obama said he won't run for president, and then he did. I I believe, I take Michelle by her word. She's seen it up close. She don't want it. She is too good of a person Mm -hmm. to be a politician. So that dream's gone. Also, they didn't get fat in office. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, Nothing that would be wrong. ironic, though, since her entire <laughs> platform was like childhood obesity and like making making Americans exercise. But, but what I'm saying, though, is you can normally, I mean, besides Obama's hair, <laughs> there was no sign of stress. You know what I mean? Like but usually Mich- presidents blow up. Michelle Obama aged in reverse. I am, I swear. She got was, better and better. She got more beautiful in the last eight years. Like, I saw a picture of her in 2008. She looks younger now in 2016. She moisturized with the haters' tears. That's <laughs> moisturized with white men's tears. <laughs> so much nutrient and privilege. <laughs> um, so, I guess, like, my favorite moments are that anytime the two of them are together and they seem like they have some inside joke, like, he looks at her with so much oh love. Oh, my God. People would kill to have half of like what they have, like that love that they share. And I love that they were just like this perfect, beautiful example of like a, this gorgeous black black family and like this gorgeous display of black love, like in front of everyone's faces. And yeah, I don't know. I, I wish, wish they would have painted the, the White House black though, <laughs> just to make a statement. Yeah. <laughs> no cap, but I get what you're saying. <sighs> So beautiful. When they dance. Yes. Oh. When they're holding hands, the way they look at each other in photos. It's the tough. way they encourage and support one another. The way Michelle makes fun of him. Just... <laughs> oh, I'm really grieving right now. And then Obama with kids. Oh, my God. Oh my God. He would be like the best dad. But Joe Biden. Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with Joe. I can't with those memes of Joe Biden. But don't you feel that Joe Biden's actually probably that petty? To like yes. Play prank? I was just like, are these memes or real life quotes by Joe Biden? <laughs> like, I I can. Joe Biden seems like a petty, playful man. I'm so glad we started the show by talking how much we love these Obamas. Yeah. <laughs> Got a high low high man. I, I mean, know. I will say my favorite part of the sandwich is the middle part. Mm-hmm. So for just this episode, it's the bread. <laughs> it's the bread. Uh, well, I guess speaking of the middle part, I guess we should do that now. <sighs> yeah, I know. Here is, okay. So let me recap what happened in America. Can I yeah. do that? <laughs> Ooh, a little flashback. <laughs> November 8th. It was a normal day. Many of us were watching the election results. And some at some point, Trump began to take the lead. Was it the whole time? I don't know. I got there late at a party I went to. <laughs> and the people kept saying, oh, it's okay, though. Hillary's going to win so-and-so-and-so. So-and-so-and-so. But then that never happened. I just kept watching. 
as Trump kept winning and win, win, win. And then we went to sleep and we woke up in a different country. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That's exact. Look, if you want the definition of fact, rewind the story I just told. That's what happened, Kat. Would you add anything to the accuracy of that? I completely, that's 100% accurate. I went, what I happened after in. you washed and woke up, Kat? Um, I was filled with so much stress and anxiety that around midnight, I was like around 11 or midnight. I was like, I can't do this. I need eight more hours where I don't live in Trump's America, or at least I don't know that I live in Trump's America. So I went to bed. I did not put, I put my phone on do not disturb. I did not wake up. Once I woke up filled with dread because the world was a different place. The air was thicker i didn't even check my phone i just knew there was yeah. an orange glow in the window <laughs> like it's just <laughs> i was like oh my god trump must be president <laughs> it was it was a very very sad first week of trying to digest it felt, it, I wouldn't say digest. I would say it felt more like passing a kidney stone. Like, oh my that's God. That's how I would describe <laughs> taking the news. <laughs> it was real rough. Real rough, real painful. Had me screaming, had me crying. I don't know why we were, I wasn't surprised. That's the thing. Like, I kept watching it. Like, I know, I know where this is going. I just didn't know to what extent it was going to happen. You know, yeah. like I thought we live in a country. This is going to be pretty even. But I guess the electoral college just doesn't make that the case. Mm-hmm. The sham, even though Hillary got the popular vote, mm-hmm. which means that the people elected her, the janky ass electoral college was all like, but no, nah. <laughs> but it was still close. Yeah. There's like 59 million Americans that voted for Trump. Yeah. And that scares me. Because that means <laughs> the one out of two people that voted is a Trump supporter. Mm. I can't judge them. Yeah. I don't know who they are. Yeah. But I, now I don't know who to look at and who to trust on right. a bus. How do you I'm like, which one are you? Now we're in Chicago. We voted. Yeah, blue. it's like we're all yeah. we're all blue. We said, we said Illinois was like one of the was the only Midwest state to turn blue and like turn blue almost instantly. Like everyone knew that. Illinois, and it's mostly Chicago and its suburbs. It is not central or southern mm-hmm. Illinois because they, that they're southern as fuck down there. You go like <laughs> south of Kankakee, you are in a different world. You start seeing Confederate flags, and you're just like, you fought for the Union, fool. It was it's a mess. It's a mess once you go south, uh, just south of like Chicago suburbs. Um, real scary territory. Anyway, I just okay. This is what I don't get. This is why life is so hard because every person, not Donald Trump, is required to have like 18 years of work experience and a PhD to get an entry level job. And how come Trump can become president with no experience? It had me all in my feelings, questioning my life. Like, where am I supposed to go? Why ain't y'all just hiring me when I want to be principal of this school or when I want to be CEO of this company? Can't I just rise to the ranks? <laughs> Unrealistic expectations. Right. I just feel like now I know I since I know like nothing about like computer programming, I could easily be the CEO of Facebook. Like I am I am coming. 
I'm coming we're for all, you. <laughs> I'm gonna win the lottery and then just take over. Be <laughs> like my turn. This is just like this is like what I said during my rant a few episodes back, where I was just like, you don't want a plumber working on your electricity. Well, America, you hired a plumber to work on your electricity, and guess what? Your house is gonna motherfucking burn down. That was like the bad electricity job. You heard that? Yeah. Get ready for your house to burn down because. This I'm I don't want to be like so dramatic where it's just like this country's ruined because that's how he won all of his supporters by telling them that the country's ruined. So let me make it great again. Mm-hmm. But this is what I don't get when people are like, I read this somewhere and I thought somebody pointed out really well. They were like, Can you please stop telling us we're gonna survive? Right. <laughs> Most white people ain't never had to survive because right? they ain't never been oppressed. <laughs> I mean, I want, this is the thing, unless there is a historic vote on December 29th and the Electoral College decides to go with Hillary, I just don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. But unless that is the case, Donald Trump is going to be my president. And what the, the funny thing to me is nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Trump's I mean besides the law I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen but everything we have talked about on this show that hasn't changed it's just a matter of now there's a new there's people who understand what we're talking about now yeah there's still a lot of people who don't understand oppression <laughs> racism privilege none of it so it's always been Trump's America he just capitalized on it yeah can we talk about how like stressed he's been looking ever since he won? He's been looking normal colored. That's how stressed he is. I'm like, you didn't have time. You don't know what's going on. He just seems like he was like, oh, shit, I want it. He did not look happy when he was winning. You know that photo yeah. of him just like sitting sol- sol- solemnly, whatever, backwards. Um, just like sitting there and just looking stupid pressed as fuck mm-hmm. like oh shit i'm winning everyone's around him is smiling like everyone's like yes you're winning and he's just like oh shit I'm, what, I'm did I, what did i just do <laughs> i this is my, like the amount of secrets going into this man's life now right. i'm like please don't tweet it <laughs> He talked about Hillary's emails. I'm like, please don't tweet this, Donald Trump, at three o'clock in the morning. Jeez. What do you what do you say to the people who have been like, when Obama won, you didn't see any white people or Republicans protesting in the street? Like, just accept the victory and stop protesting. What do you say about that? Huh. Okay, so let's let's just look at Obama's candidacy. Uh, did Obama Yo, say... Kat looks like she's trying to hit me right now. She said, hmm, okay. I didn't say it, Kat. Didn't Number one, like, I'm with you, okay? Uh, one, name one hateful thing that Obama has said about anyone. Oh, no. Is that is that crickets I hear? No, because Obama... Even Osama bin Laden, he, he wasn't trash talking. Right. He's not even trash talking terrorists like obama carried himself with respect and dignity 
and stayed on the issues and focused on the issues and didn't go around like dissing people. I mean, he threw a little shade occasionally, like when he was uh, in the primaries with Hillary, he was just like, well, Hillary, you're likable enough. (laughs) Just throwing a little shade. That's playful. That's fun. Everyone likes a little shade with their dinner. Yeah, totally. But he's, he's never openly spouted hate. He did not have, he has, his vice president is a motherfucking clown, but he's not a <laughs> racist homophobe from Indiana who is absolute garbage. It's just like, you know why? Because Obama's not coming for you. He's sincerely trying to make this country a better place. Oh, like, I just. Obama even said, I tried to help Trump supporters and y'all blocked me. Right. (laughs) It's just like he I know there are Trump supporters out there who have pre-existing conditions and are now enrolled in Obamacare. But, oh, they hate Obamacare so much because, you know, a black man wrote the legislation. If George Bush would have done this, did the Affordable Care Act, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a problem because like, oh, look, this this white man, I can now have health insurance. Because this white man said that my pre-existing conditions accepted. Like it's just. It also, I. Do this, people? That, what did, I, I mean? Do people I not know, know how democracy works? We have a right to protest when we don't agree. Exactly. What's your response to your to that statement? Because that statement just frustrates. That's exactly me how now. I feel. I can protest what I want to protest. Yeah. Y'all weren't protesting because y'all knew deep down. He was on legit stuff. Right. That's why you weren't protesting. You were like, I hate him, but my I didn't lose my foot to sugar. No, because I'm on health care. You know what I mean? Like, okay. We can't protest him. I'm sorry. Misha, it's like such a black thing to say, like, I didn't lose my foot to sugar. <laughs> I like that so much. I was just like, yeah, she got the sugars, you know? It's like, it's like, do you mean diabetes? Do you mean diabetes? Pause. For those of you who don't know what sugar means, diabetes. It's like, I'm like, that's, yo, he went talking about grabbing women. Right. He wasn't talking anything hateful about y'all. He was like, I'm trying to help you. And that's why y'all went deep down protesting. Because you're right. like, what What exactly are we protesting if we go out here and protest Obama? It's very clear what we're protesting. And I always point to Bush. I'm like, okay, even if people were protesting, you don't got people standing out outside of buildings, like commenting on his character. Do you know what I mean? Right. People might be like, yo, he's a little goof sometimes. We don't really, <laughs> he's not very charismatic. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, this is democracy. We have to accept that we have a Republican president. Mm-hmm. When Donald Trump came on the scene, it's like, yo, he don't got experience and his character is effed up. Right. Period. Period. That's like the entire argument. He has no experience and no character, no morals. You elected a walking trash can. Like, why? He was like the Teletubby son. Can you we- remember that? <laughs> <laughs> we elected the Teletubby son. <laughs> Can we can we just like take a moment to say to like talk about Donald Trump's appearance? Should we cat? Is it is it okay for us to objectify him? Petty yet progressive. That's our motto. Petty girl. and progressive. Okay. Let's let's talk about. Obviously, I've mentioned numerous times that he has um Cheeto dust coloring for for his skin color. Um, he looked like 
His hair looked like dry spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) That folded back. (laughs) Somehow it didn't break, but it folded. It folded, but not for him. That was a miracle. (laughs) I'm just like, dude, how are you a millionaire? And like, you're, you can't even get your skin tone even. It's who are you paying? If I was a multimillionaire, I would have someone come in every weekend painting my skin, making sure they get every inch. Let me tell you something about Obama, though. The hands of God created that man's face. <laughs> the golden triangle fits perfectly on that man's face. It's perfect. <laughs> Donald Trump, a sphere. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. What is it? I don't know. It's just like when you... Your lips look like a butthole. <laughs> it looks like an actual butthole. No, it doesn't. It no, does. it doesn't. When he like pinches them together, <laughs> it looks like an actual butthole opening. It's all wrinkly. It's, it's, I'm so done with you. This is terrible. <laughs> like he's just gruesome to look at. Despite him being a horrible person, he's gruesome. I can't with butthole, you. Butthole. That's all I'm saying. It's butthole. Okay. I mean, that's that session's over. I, we just oh need to talk about since cat. we talk about how handsome and godly like Obama looks. <laughs> Obama looks like Black Jesus. Like Obama's just yo. So if, handsome. if Obama got dreads, he would be like the picture that people have of a Black Jesus. Jesus right? <laughs> that's the picture my stepdad has above his bed. It's like Jesus, Black Jesus with a bunch of muscles and dreadlocks. I'm like, okay, I can I can be down with that. like jesus save us um people are mad cat people in oregon (laughs) dave Chappelle said that remember he said you got white people in portland oregon that's how he said it (laughs) rioting they said this could not this could not happen what we we are racist how can you not understand the uh, united states I just like the way that people were talking about like the protests, all of the cities where there were like property destruction and just pure, like just kind of more rioting were cities that were large majority white. So like Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon's like 93% white. And it's just like, yo, we, we peaceful in Chicago. Y'all love talking about all our gun violence, but look how peaceful our motherfucking protest is. Look how peaceful that protest in LA is. Look how pe- yeah. peaceful that protest in New York is where it's full of people of variety of various identities. Don't put it on us because white people like to wild and out because there's no consequences. Like they don't have consequences. What are they gonna do? They broke. They're not gonna get arrested for breaking windows. I will get shot for breaking a window. <laughs> you touch a window and people think you're right. gonna break it. Pow! Oh! <laughs> Whoa! But it's just like yo, I I I don't. I, when I think about history, protests as predominantly white people tend to sometimes get out of hand. Like those Vietnam protests, Vietnam War protests Look, in the 1960s. A hockey team wins and people, white people protest. Yes. Oh my God. It's like they won. Why are y'all turning over cars? I don't understand. Do every like, anytime a team wins in Chicago, Wrigleyville becomes like a, a scene of like World War III. You should like, go. Glass broken everywhere, cars on fire, people climbing light poles. Yo, white people get yo get your people. If I ever wanted to run for president, I don't think they would they would dig this episode up. 
They would be like, she's not suitable for presidency. Listen to this. What do you think about Trump wanting to register all Muslims? Um, well, I think that if he does that, then he's going to have to register all Christians, all Jewish people, people of every single faith, non-faith people. Like, if you're going to have a motherfucking registry, since this is a land of religious freedom, like, I know that you did not pass your constitution test in eighth grade, but guess what? Bill of Rights, you have religious freedom. So if you're going to register anyone, you better register all of us motherfuckers, because that is what? Discrimination? Oh my God, based on religion, which is which is protected under the constitution? Uh, Okay. And you know what people going to say? It's it's not harmful. Just do it. Just do it. Disgusting. It's you know like, what? Do you know who I wish was on a registry? Dylan Roof before he went to a church and shot people. That's who I wish was on a motherfucking registry. So how about you put all Christian extremists on registries? Because uh, on a watch list, right? On a like, wa- what? Are, how are they going to impose that? Are they going to go door to door? Follow hijabis down the street? Like what are they going to do? Like, I don't even freaking, I don't know, like, go to mosque and harass people. Like, I don't, I just, there's no way to enforce that without violating someone's civil rights, you know? I I said once on this show, I would never chain myself to something. (laughs) But if they make Muslims register, I might chain myself to something. I'm not sure. It's going to be something, though. But I'll be like, <laughs> text that cat. Can you secretly bring me some Starbucks? But put it in a un- put it in an undocumented mug. I'll put it in your, your mug that keeps things warm for 12 hours. Thank you. Because yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be t- people taking pictures, putting me on the New York Times. Be like, girl, chained to a tree, drinking Starbucks. You know, like that would not work. It will ruin my message. <laughs> I mean, if it I'm does so happen, upset. I'm going to be out in the streets, like, protesting that because that is disgusting. And that's, like, that's so un-American. Like, if the Constitution is the definition of what it is to be American, then that's un-American. Everything that he actually said throughout the election was the epitome of, like, being un-American. Is it possible for Obama in the next month to preemptively block everything that trump wants to do hey <laughs> potentially you know what i mean can he do that like uh, you, let's put into law that you can't register any religious group mm. you know what i mean if it didn't uh, have to get past the con- get past congress which is notoriously ineffective then i would say yes but you know <laughs> which is notoriously ineffective congress <sighs> yeah man we're living in I can I tell you one more thing that somebody said to me. What? So you know how after the election, people were. I have never seen people so upset. Like yeah. I have lived through many elections. I have. Mm-hmm. I couldn't vote in many of them, yeah. but I've lived through many of them. And even when somebody's candidate lost, they were upset. Yeah. But I have never seen people like openly weeping. Mass like, mourning. It's been mass mourning. The train. Like, you could hear a pin drop. I walked outside my house. It was quiet. I was like, yo, this is a city. Like, cities aren't supposed to be quiet. People were, like, teary out on the train. Universities, like, offering care for people who were, like, upset. Like, even in my office building, I'm lucky lucky enough to work at a place where, you know, one of our VPs was like, take care of yourself today. Like, do whatever that means to take care of yourself. Like, there was space for us in the office. This woman on Facebook is going to go on right. 
when I was in college, like I just had to suck it up and deal with it. And like gave her whole testimony and was like, these people, these children need to like get ready for the real world. And I was basically like, how about we, def- we redefine how the real world is supposed to look? Because right. my real world is very accepting. Right. I work in a place where we make that space for one another. Also, you're not a person of color, so you don't right. really feel threatened right now. But So she messaged me. And in this message, she's going to say, I know, you know, he said some gross things, but all men do that. Are you listeners? Y'all cannot see our faces, but our face, our, our faces are just like girl bye. no cat. What you got to say about that? I no. was, I couldn't even respond. Cause I said, I, I'm getting tired of this. <laughs> I'm getting so tired of having to be like, don't you see how you're part of the problem too? Mm-hmm. Cause you have normalized this sexually demeaning language. It's it's just like, um, you know how a lot of people recently have been saying that <laughs> when you're privileged, equality feels like oppression. I think yep. that's like how a lot of white people have been feeling in this country. Mm-hmm. This like I feel like this is what has led to a Trump victory. Ugh. Ugh, those words are gross. Um I I think that like if we if let's let's look back into the past because the past holds all the lessons of today. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, you said that like you was gonna preach. Um let's look at the suffragette movement and and let's think about white women getting the, the right to vote. So a lot of people love to talk about um, the women of the suffrages of the suffrage movement and say like they're heroes, they're heroes for women's rights. Uh, as I said in previous episodes, because this is still a, a point of history that drives me crazy and like upsets me. White women will always def show loyalty to their race before they show loyalty to their gender. So like you want to show like a lot of people will show loyalty to their more privileged side than they do to their oppressed side. So back, back to the story. Many that was women, a good tangent though. <laughs> Very informative. Many women will. So during that time, uh, you had a lot of um, abolitionists, you know, kind of change their message to help women vote, help white women vote because they thought that, you know, the white women were like, well, in exchange, you know, we'll help you get the right to vote too, black men and black women. Uh, and once, once the 19th amendment was passed, they were like, do sense, just kidding. Bye. <laughs> Let's go get some pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> and so <laughs> don't bring pumpkin spice lattes into this. Like, Let's go get some avocado toast. <laughs> like, wait, can you, <laughs> Okay, like <laughs> reverse. Can you just like use some cauliflower? Use something I don't love. I feel so thrown under the bus. But the moral of the story is that they <laughs> really said they said that like they made promises like, yo, black people help us with our mission and we got you and turned on us. And actually 
if you look at a lot of the statements from the leaders of that movement, especially Susan B. Anthony, they have a lot of really racist statements on the record mm. that you can find online. Um, and I, and it's just like, you know, before you're just like, yo, she's my hero. Just don't forget that she's a racist. <laughs> and just, you know, BT dubs. Uh, uh, by the way, by the way, your faves is problematic. <laughs> I will never put my sticker on her grave. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Mine's is going on Ida B. Wells' grave. Yes. Ida B. Wells is bad. Let me, I, don't put, I don't like stickers. Never mind. I don't want to put a sticker on a thing. Okay. But I wouldn't put it on Susan B. Anthony's. <laughs> I am half white, though, so thank you, Suze. <laughs> she gave me thank right. you. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to do like a poppy one, you know. Like, thank you, Susan. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> moving on um but yeah let's just like kind of go back to that notion of like what is the what is the mentality what was what's going on in america where we let someone who has openly said that racist xenophobic islamophobic misogynist homophobic i bet I, every every phobic is kind of endless who has like pretty much talk shit on every identity well you know i think i think um i was reading this thing that was very informative to me and and really fits what i'm saying like i i uploaded a a status on facebook that basically said you know like i don't i really don't believe that every trump supporter is racist like i don't but i think that this article had a really great thesis when it was basically saying, yes, you know, all Donald Trump supporters aren't racist or misogynist, but they voted, voted for a person who embodies those things. And it has allowed that into the white house. Mm -hmm. And we we're seeing that that's the case when you, when you're like appointing white supremacists out of the gate. Right. <laughs> if you're condoning, if you're condoning this, if you're actively participating in a system of oppression, you are yourself the oppressor. So whether you may not personally hate people of color by saying this person who does, I want him to lead this country. I want him to represent me and these people of color. You are contributing to oppression. When, when you actively see oppression, you can't be complacent in it. If you're not actively anti-racist, you are racist simply by because you can't help but to participate by being born white. You are automatically participating unless you reject that privilege and do something with it and use it for the greater good of humanity. You are racist. You cannot be indifferent. You cannot sit and just let life happen as you watch other people struggle or as you watch other people be oppressed and say, well, I didn't do, I didn't, I wasn't personally oppressing them. So I'm out of it. Like that's not reality. And that's, and that indifference to humanity is how racism has continued for centuries on centuries on centuries. So if you want to be a part of the solution, then you need to, you need to like sit down, take a hard look at yourself and start help, like start helping, start confronting your racist white relatives, like start participating in a way that will benefit 
people who are not white. Like that's the only way to escape oppression by fighting it. You know, I, I think one of the biggest issues though is that people don't really understand oppression or racism. I think even some people of color don't really understand oppression and racism. And I think that that's combined with this whole narrative of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. So many times people will debate me to the end of the day about oppression saying that, you know, everybody in this country has an equal shot. And I'm like, that's where I just think you're empirically wrong. Like, right. I, you know, like everybody doesn't have an equal shot. And this narrative is ruining and blinding you from seeing that everybody isn't born in a privileged situation. Mm-hmm. So it's like somebody d- completely debated me about this. And they were like, you know, you're completely the person who you are because of your actions. And I'm like, not if you were born. And so I responded, I was born into poverty. I didn't ask to be born in poverty. I didn't be asked to be born in a county that had poor public schools. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask to not be able to afford a paid internship. There are certain ways that you are just inherently disadvantaged based off of where and who you are born to. And I think that this whole narrative that we use really blinds people from being able to see it, especially if your whole life you have been told that if you just like study hard, you can do it. Some of us can't do that. Right. You know? And every time I see somebody who's trying to debate somebody who's talking about oppression, I just see that they they just don't understand. It's like you're talking two different languages. Right. Exactly. And I don't know how you break it down. I don't know how you just tell a story. I don't know how you show an example. Just like really allow people to see that. And even when I was talking to people I knew were voting who didn't want to vote for Hillary, the conversation was around like taxes. You know, it was like, oh, well, she's just, she's going to do too much to my taxes. And I was like, why is this the conversation? You know, (laughs) like people really feel that their livelihood is on the line. And you're talking about taxes. That shows me that you truly don't understand and will probably never understand what it feels like to literally feel unsafe because of your skin, you know? This, there's just so people constantly talk about like, oh, there's just a huge like rift in this environment. There's a huge rift in people's minds where they just don't understand. They have no empathy. They don't know what it's like to be a person of color and they never will know. And so I just maybe that's my hope is that we find a way to break into that language. And I feel bad that people of color always have to be the people who translate. Yeah. But oh, amen. That's, I guess that's what I'm going to do. Come up with a code book. (laughs) If you talk about this, say this and they'll get it. You know, like that's just such a complex time. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about this, but first let's take a quick break. Hey y'all, it's Lauren Ash. Hey, it's Zakiya Najiba. Welcome to the Black Girl Gnome podcast. Black Girl Gnome creates space for women of color to breathe easy through our podcast and our entire lifestyle brand, we promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color, and we encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. So we are basically here to help y'all get y'all lives together. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, please check out our podcast at blackgirlandown.com slash podcasts, as well as our online publication, Take care of your mind. And don't forget to breathe easy, (laughs) y'all.
Okay, we're back. So, Misha, do you think that there's been like a lot of talk lately? So, like the last few years, a lot of white people are like, how to be a white ally. Mm -hmm. And now it's become can white people actually be allies? Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. What do you think about that? Can you tell me where this conversation is coming from? Or like what the, what is the essence of that question? How if white people can be allies? Mm-hmm. Um can the people who are oppressing people of color truly mm-hmm. truly help them by doing like X, Y, or Z? Yeah. Well, you know, I just I think just like people who are oppressed aren't asked to be born into oppression. I think that white people aren't asked to be born into a a privilege where, you know, are born into privilege or, you know, born into a quote race where they have power. Right. And I think at the end of the day, it's a matter of realizing and accepting that just by virtue of who you are and what you embody, you have privilege and you have power. Mm -hmm. And I think that some people do an exceptional job of realizing that about themselves. Right. And I feel like I'm surrounded by people who are doing an excellent job. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard because at the end of the day, they're constantly fighting within their race to be like, no, like we have it wrong. You have to think about it in this particular way. So I do, I really do think that white people can be allies. I don't think that they can understand in an equal way. Right. But I don't think that understanding through life experience limits your ability to empathize and mm-hmm. understand wrong so as as long as somebody isn't coming to me trying to like mansplain or white explain something and really are just like this sucks and how can we be a support to you mm-hmm. i'm fine with that and i also understand that there's a systematic issue as well and many of the many of the white people who call themselves allies don't have governmental jobs you know yeah. they're not like senators where <laughs> So I think that many of the people I know who are actively like trying to protest and actively trying to make a difference. And I would, I would definitely call them an ally. There's one, there's one person I know specifically who doesn't use the term ally lightly. And I think maybe she doesn't even use it at all, but she's saying that being an ally is something you have to practice and try to live into. Mm -hmm. It's not a stagnant thing. And therefore I think she doesn't use the term Mm -hmm. because she's like, it's something that always I'm trying to practice and get better at and learn. But at the end of the day, if you just call yourself something, like if you're like, I'm an ally, it, it causes you to, I don't want to, I don't want to say quit because to be quite honest, I'm not an ally to like people, people of color. I am a person of color. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a long answer, but the short answer is I do think it's possible for white people to be quote allies, unless I'm completely understanding that term incorrectly. I don't think that all of them are even some of them who call themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That was long. Kat, what about you? I mean, being an ally is more than wearing a safety pen. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I, you know, I'm really kind of fascinated by this, like, safety pin, tr- pin trend, like, I'm a safe space, and it's just, like, but you'll, like, as a white person, you'll never have any idea what I'm, what I've experienced through this election, how, essentially, America has voted against my humanity, mm-hmm. and, like, you can say that I'm a safe space, but it's, like, 
if you don't, if you can't relate to my mm-hmm. experiences on any level, it's really hard for me to see you as like someone that I can go to. Cause I like, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. not, not all people share the same values, but mm-hmm. it's just like, yo, did your relatives vote for Trump? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. did your friends vote for Trump? Like, are you associated? Are people that you love, people you're associated with, mm-hmm. like, essentially against my humanity? I would be very interested in talking about the safety pin thing because I, there has been a lot of talk about it. There has, there have been a lot of articles. I just haven't had time. Like there's so many things to dive into Mm -hmm. and I haven't had time to like go down the article rabbit hole of safety pins. Yeah. (laughs) But in my head, I'm like, I understand, I I understand how it can be problematic, but I also can understand how how as a white person, you could feel helpless right now. You could feel like, how do I help? these people. Mm -hmm. And so I get it as a gesture. I also get it as, because for a short amount of time, I was like, do I want to wear one? Because, you know, all this harassment stuff has happened to women wearing hijabs Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting on the train and, you know, you know, all these women in hijabs are, 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 around and sometimes i just want to be like it is okay to sit beside me mm-hmm. if somebody if somebody tries to pop something off right i'll pop it off right. you know <laughs> and so for me i'm like that would be a reason i would want to safety pin not mm-hmm. to say like i relate to you but if if stuff goes down right i'm for you like i'm gonna right. i'm gonna be for you on this um so maybe that's me also misunderstanding like what people mean by that because if somebody hurt my feelings and I saw somebody with a safety pin, I wouldn't be like, could I talk to you? Right. Cause you got on a safety <laughs> pin, you know? But if somebody like called me the N word right. and like somebody was wearing a safety pin, I would be like, okay, dude, like stand up. Like you got yeah. a safety pin on. Like, Otherwise take it off because here was off. your shot and you missed. <laughs> Do not miss your chance. <laughs> yeah. So what is, is what is the criticism of wearing, wearing the safety pin? Is it just that you can't relate? Um, it's just like, are you truly a safe space? Mm-hmm. What have you done to, like, if you heard something shave, you saw someone being attacked or harassed, like, did you step in? Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm, I get that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, yo, people are color shady too. You know? Right, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that white people are perfect. I don't think people of color are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But I, th- this is the thing. This is the, there, I think there are a couple ways that you can be as, as a non-person of color. Mm-hmm. I think you can be self-righteous in trying to be an ally. Mm-hmm. But I have also seen people like wearing a safety pin in the most inc- inconspicuous way. And they're not trying to draw attention to it, you mm-hmm. know? And I think in this time where you have people who are protesting, who are trying to do right, I mean, at the end of the, okay, I think what I'm trying to say is we complain all the time about white people. You know what I mean? <laughs> at the end of the day, most white Americans by themselves cannot change systemic racism. Mm-hmm. But we got to give them a chance some way because some of them are really trying. <laughs> some of them are trying to say, like, let us help you with this. Let us protest with you. Let us walk with you. Let us create space for you. Even if we can't understand the safeness. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know some people who like, deep down like hate and will never trust white people i can't do that because half my family's white (laughs) and but that is also how i know that you do have white people who are trying Mm -hmm. you know and so i'm for it i'm like give them a chance 
don't get too close because they take over sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's hard. And the one hand we complain and we're like, why people don't get it? And then the other hand we complain and we're like, you'll never get it. So stop trying to help us. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't really know what to tell you. I don't, you know, it's, I it's complex. Never stop trying. Mm-hmm. Never stop trying until we're like closer and closer to equality. Uh, there's like one, one last thing before we start wrapping up the show that I want to kind of talk about. How do you feel about like these increased instances of like harassment from Trump supporters? Cause I, I was just like when Obama won, I didn't go down the street calling someone like, Hey, you look like a racist. Fuck yourself. Like I, Hey crackers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Like, hey yeah. crackers. Like, like there, I've never with any presidential election mm-hmm. seen the level of like hatred and harassment dramatic, like just dramatically increase. It's just like one Trump supporters are s- terrible winners, mm. terrible garbage winners. Well, even didn't even Trump, he was quoted saying, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, okay. Two words. Okay. But, um, <laughs> It doesn't surprise me. It does. I mean, even after Brexit, like it didn't surprise me, but like, you know, there was such a rise and increase because I think at least if it was me, like there is a sense of unity. There is a sense of security. You feel once the person you have, you have voted for is elected. And I can understand how you can elect this person and basically, basically feel invincible. Yeah. You know, what gets me though is if you don't feel comfortable telling somebody who your candidate is, what is that saying? Yeah. You got half the people who are like, oh no, like I, I felt so scared telling people I was joining Trump. What, what does that say about your candidate? Right. But then on the other hand, you have people who are like, this just affirms, they're like, okay, there are other people who agree with me about mm-hmm. this. So I'm about to go rip women's hijabs off and like yeah. grab women inappropriately. I've even seen Snapchats of like the KKK in North Carolina, you know, like mm-hmm. having parties to like celebrate. And yeah, I just think people feel like it's the good old times again when right. they can lynch black people and yeah. have no consequences. <laughs> I mean, that's still the case. They have no consequences, but that's like that's pretty freaking scary when like people are just like i don't have to hide that i'm a bigot anymore and i can just like go outside and yell terrible things and harass people and be a shitty human being overall and just like no one's gonna do it they were in trump's america he'll pay my legal bills like it's like yeah step up to your promise trump you said that (laughs) you said legally binding you said that (laughs) we got receipts (laughs) we we gotta show that um i actually know somebody who got harassed Mm. um so this girl i went to high school with was in a grocery store and pulled out her ebt card or something Mm -hmm. and it's a black woman and apparently this white man walked up to her and excuse my cussing because i usually try not to but apparently he was like i'm so glad trump won so that you so i can stop paying for you fucking black muslims or something like that and like pointed to her EBT card. And I was like, oh my God. But apparently she punched him and then I just got arrested. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> but I was like, that, that is like the, yes, you didn't harass her. Like you didn't punch her. You didn't like attack her. 
But the amount of hatred that it took to like feel mm-hmm. confident in saying that is just mm-hmm. so appalling to me. And and how people could can just not think it's wrong. Right. Oh. Right. I will say the one thing that I have not liked is how people have sex shamed Donald Trump's wife. Yeah. That I don't really like the woman. I don't know her. <laughs> but I'm like liberals. You not liking somebody or not thinking them to be appropriate for a role does not mean you sex shame them. Right. Especially in this. I, I just don't know. It has pissed me off when people are like posting nudes of Melania. I'm like, I don't care. What I don't care. She's she's a woman. I don't like her husband. I mean, she plagiarized him from Obama. <laughs> but that does not mean we got to shame this woman. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. That's just one thing. I'm like, we don't have to be this way. Yeah, we don't have I to totally be so I agree ugly. with that. Because like, slut shaming essentially is misogyny. And if you, and like you're a lot of liberals just like, no, like I don't. I believe in equality in all aspects, and you can't. Then you can't go around slut shaming people. Like yep. it's not cool. Also, she did nothing to you. It's yeah, not, it's like it's why oh, this is just what this is really why Hillary lost because she has to answer for her husband. Thank you. A woman's not responsible for her husband's actions. Okay, Melania could walk outside on the lawn naked, and I would be like, okay, yeah. What's wrong with it's that? Her right to be it's naked. her. It's her body. Right. I mean, it might be illegal in D.C. I don't know. <laughs> but it's her body, and I, she shouldn't be shamed for that. Right. So stop that, y'all. And like her, just, like, leave her alone for her past. Like, I'm not I'm not a fan of hers. I ain't got no feels about her. But I'm not going to talk shit because she hasn't said any, like, any garbage, horrible stuff her husband has. Mm-hmm. And you would not come after her if she wasn't married to a garbage human being. So <laughs> just, like, leave her alone. She It's bad enough she doesn't have sex with him. Like, come on. Is that not punishment enough? <laughs> you know when you eat a Cheeto and you can't get rid of the orange on your hand? <laughs> that's what that's what she looks like after being with Donald Trump. <laughs> Just a bunch of Cheeto dust. <sighs> I feel bad. Release yeah. Melania. That's what we should we should start a hashtag. <laughs> Free Melania. Free Melania. <laughs> uh, so we have to end this on a good note. I'm gonna say like good happy things nothing what you happy about cat girl uh right now nothing <laughs> so that's why like we're trying to i don't know i don't know how to like end this on a because we've already talked about let's talk about the possibilities of the future like there's there's some good that's going to come out of this uh russia is really happy right now that's not a good thing let's let's um let's let's just take russia's happiness and feel it <laughs> and live vicariously through them uh, russia's homophobic af <laughs> i don't want to i don't feel and they russia. intruded in our election which is like yeah what okay so what's another happy thing uh i would say like a happy thing is i think it's been beautiful that people have been taking to the streets and not just like the day after but the day after that and the day after that and the day after that and i and i love that like these protests are just like not a one-time thing it's just like they're still happening and there's like more happening this weekend um and it's just it's great that like People are not ready. I don't care like how many times we were just like, accept it, accept it. So it's like, what happened? People are not taking this sitting down and people are not taking this lightly. Mm -hmm. And they're just saying, you know what? I'm here. I have a voice. I am an American. 
and I'm I'm using my right to speak my opinion, free speech. So eat it, free speech. <laughs> I'm gonna get shaped. That's my positive. <laughs> the night before the election, maybe the night of the election, I wrote a status, basically saying how out shape I am, and I was like, <laughs> if Trump is elected, it will be the Hunger Games. <laughs> So, I really am going to do this. I'm going to start losing weight. I'm so encouraged. Yeah. I'm going to have to be able to run from the racist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be able to fight off racist. Yeah. I'm going to have to be able to squat away from racist. Squat. <laughs> so, I am going to pull up by summer and no winter bod. Let me tell you that. But I'll be able to jump off a tree. I'll be able to park her off a wall and dodge racism like no other. That's my positive cat. <laughs> my positive note. <laughs> the first annual Hunger Games <laughs> is starting now. And um, Misha Arant wins <laughs> with her parkour skills. I've been, how, are you, <laughs> how are you going to win the Hunger Games without killing people? Look, you just got to outsmart them. You got to let them kill each other and then make one believe they're, oh no, because I guess they go, burr, burr, burr. yeah, they announce it and, they, and the tributes keep counting. We have watched the Hunger Games. We know that you can outsmart the system. Yeah. That's you, the whole premise of the book. You may have to kill someone though. <sighs> what I'll do is I'll just let nature kill them and take credit. Because <laughs> <laughs> nature wins a lot of the time. Yeah. Nature always wins. Never go against nature. Uh, all right, well, that are, those, those are our highs. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. I hope that uh, your grieving process is going, is, I, I don't know, you can't really grieve in a good way. Or if you're celebrating, you're doing it graciously. Yeah, if you're celebrating, I'm kind of confused as to why you're listening to our show. They're learning the enemy, cat. <laughs> I am your liberal enemy. Cool. But we're nice. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So you guys could can follow us on Twitter at unlearn underscore shy. Like us on Facebook at unlearn. Email us at unlearnpodcast at gmail dot com and check out our website at unlearnpodcast Um. I would like to thank James T. Green for our transition music and our graphics. And check out some of our post loudness family. Um. And that's everything, man. Have a have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.